All right, everybody, like you heard in the last episode, this is part two of our conversations at MOAC, Missouri Annual Conference. Uh, you'll hear two more really cool conversations. I'm really excited for you to hear them. Booyah. Booyah. So Reeves, yeah. you are the person. I'm Emily. Nice to meet you. I don't you. think I've met you yet. Okay. Well, so I was going to say, Reeves. you're the person that I feel like I know the most and the least equally at the same time <laughs> okay. because I've spent time right. in virtual and in person right, spaces, right, right, but I don't right. know much right. on your story. So, yeah. um, you know, I feel like I could say the same yeah. Yeah, about you. I feel like I know you peripherally, right? Yeah. And like know lots of like little nuggets, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So say everything you... you know about each other right now. I'm kidding. Uh, okay. But who, <laughs> Comedian. Yeah, we were, it might be shorter than we thought. Yeah, actually, um, it's a pretty short list. I think um, so interview, who are you and what uh-huh. do you do? And, uh, mm-hmm. and then I'll have a follow-up question about okay, something after that. Great, great, great. Um, well, I'm Reeves. Um, I am the director of college ministry at Missouri United Methodist Church. Um, I work for the neighborhood in Columbia. In Columbia. Yes, Missouri. Um, oh, yeah, I'm originally up? from... I went to Missouri. Oh, cool. I'm originally from uh, Georgia. So, yeah, transplant. Okay. But, mm-hmm, that's what I do. So, college ministry, Mizzou students. Uh, Emily went to Mizzou. She was nice. part of RUF. Oh, uh, cool. We should talk about that. We definitely <laughs> should. I was invited to the neighborhood and I was like, oh, really? uh, I'm not going to hang out with the godless neighborhood right. people. Yeah. Sorry. No, that's I've okay. Changed. No, that's okay. <laughs> it's really fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that we have that reputation, actually. No, it's professional. Yeah. When I was yeah. like, when I was like, oh, I don't think I'm a Christian. Right. People were like, maybe go to the neighborhood. Really? Which I think is beautiful. That is beautiful. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I had like do. students or one student who always describes it as like the least churchy of churches, like uh-huh. in Columbia, which I'm. A lot of for. people need that. Right. Yes, because it's less intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So deconstruction, like right. out of your population, what do you like? How many people are talking about it and like how much does it form what you guys do ministry wise right um so it's definitely one of those words that i feel like a lot of my the students don't necessarily know coming in okay right Mm -hmm. um but a lot of them resonate with the idea when we start talking about it and i will say the caveat of i have one student in particular who always says like um they don't need they don't deconstruct because they never really constructed to begin with like never really constructed sort of like the ideas that we usually talk about with deconstruction so like i feel like for a lot some people like you know deconstruction doesn't resonate but i know for me that language has been like super helpful in my own like faith journey and deconstructing some of the really harmful ideas that Mm -hmm. i had and um owning up to that and allowing other students that freedom to like really just question and be like what what do we think right like um and kind of hold things loosely so that then they can like sort through and kind of figure things out so Mm. yeah um yeah we use the deconstruction language and then also um richard Rohr uses language like um oh it's escaping me right now oh boy that's embarrassing to talk about a lot i'll tell you i'll come back to it while you think about it the greatest compliment i ever had was i was uh compared at the same heretical level as richard war uh i think by someone at ruf so it was uh correct one of the greatest compliments yeah he said he said danny leibarger and richard war just just boring old heretics. <laughs> like, Danny was like, you. I'm kind of honored. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I've never been put in the sentence before. So <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, you can just retire now. Yeah. I will mm. say, though, I really appreciate that point, which is one I don't think we've explored on the podcast, mm-hmm. that not everyone 
feels the need to have a sort of deconstruction process. Right. I think I think we haven't really named that deconstruction assumes a level of some building that yeah. maybe was created for you right. originally growing up, right. or maybe you Poor were a part you. of it yeah. a little bit. Right. Um, I just I just really appreciated that point. I don't think that's yeah, really it's named. not one that I had really thought about just because my experience was deconstructed, right? right? And like I had built up. Um, you know, these ideas of who God was and what God stood for. Um, and other people, you know, didn't even buy into that to begin with. Right. Yeah. Or like didn't buy into that particular like version of things. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so you occupy one of the most interesting spaces in that you're in a college town mm-hmm. at a super old church, mm-hmm. reaching young people <laughs> yeah. in the ministry. You do. I don't know how much the church is old yeah. as that or not, but, yeah. um, but you occupy two spaces. Of, right. And I don't know, maybe uh, people at Missouri are really like, uh, just eyes open, like, hey, right. we're, but it's old and young, old right. and new. Mm-hmm. So, like, do you find tension? I'm like, hey, there's these people of my flock that, like, feel yeah. connection to the system and the people that are, like, whether they're deconstructing out, like, hey, I want to do something new. Like, do you find it hard or easy to navigate that kind of, like, somewhat, I mean, trailblazing is maybe the wrong word, but, like, I think you're fighting for a new generation while yes. holding space in the old generation. Like, right. do you find tension in that? Definitely. Um, yeah, I think it is a very interesting space because like personally, I'm not drawn towards the traditional. I'm someone who's like as far from that as we can get. I'm happy and um, have really found like a love and appreciation for some of those things and have found that a lot more of my students connect with that than I would have thought. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we have several students who like Uh, So we have three different services that all have very different feels. And I do feel like we kind of have the range of like some go towards the only modern and some go towards the like very high steeple feel. Um, And yeah, so I think I'm always struck by the fact that like I wouldn't imagine that they would want anything to do with our like, you know, um, sanctuary service. Um, But we have a lot of students who love that and find a lot of comfort in being in a church that does that that has like affirming theology and um is still like traditional right because i feel like sometimes we try to separate those two things but um they don't always have to go together so um yeah i i think that because of the people before me um they did a lot of the groundwork that has allowed us to not have as much tension in the building as i would have thought so i think that like before me, um, there were a lot of sort of internal struggles of like, no, this space needs to be affirming whether or not the rest of the building is on board. Um, and I feel like we are in a space now where like everyone, for the most part, I mean, every once in a while I get a weird comment, but I think that's going to be everywhere. But like, um, yeah. you know, for the most part, everyone's really excited about the work that we're doing and supports the college ministry and is always trying to figure out ways to like support us. And we're still trying to figure that out, right? Of like, how do we have like, intergenerational connection when there's so many differences of like right so we're still trying to explore that and figure out like how do we build those relationships better because i think that's so important for everyone to learn um but yeah it's kind of i don't know somewhat uncharted territory for our church right now so i think i'm i think it was missouri united methodist it might be a different umc (laughs) church in the area but i remember a few years back when i was in college the big presbyterian church there had a sermon that was like pretty blatantly anti-trans and I remember that one and I one of my classes they brought in I think it was a pastor from Missouri United Methodist Church who literally just came and was like not all Christians feel that way and like we don't think that that's what it means to follow Jesus and I just that was one of my first like exposures to like the Methodist Church and I just thought it was so cool that 
a professor brought yeah. that pastor and really yes. just to say like that was that was harmful to a lot of people so harmful and like that isn't every church in Colombia and there are safe right. spaces and I just I I think you guys are doing important work yeah, yeah. well and I think I mean that instance I remember that I was working at the conference office yeah. at the time and I remember I mean it was all over if I just feel like that was the talk of the town for a little while because it was, everyone it was, was the shocked. front page of the newspaper yeah because like I feel like that's a good case of um I think why it's so important as churches to be honest about where we stand mm. because a lot of people were going to that church thinking yeah. that like they believe this thing and then they come out very anti-trans and yeah. transphobic and everyone was shocked i mean there were some people who were like yeah but like <laughs> most people were like oh my god like this is the church like i you know raised my kids here like yeah. i got married here. you know like there's so much personhood tied in like where we seek our spiritual connection yes. and so i feel like it was really devastating for a lot of people. And that church is like a big part of the community. Massive like I remember part of the community. Like Ragtag Cinema. Like yeah. who, that church was a huge sponsor yeah. of them. Like broke like, their yes. ties. Oh, I, forgot I feel about like that. a lot of people, like a lot of local places broke their funding with from that church because which right. I think is super cool that a church is so like supportive of a city. I loved that they were like that. But I also get like when you're honest about your takes, people are going to be mad. Right. Yeah. And people right. are going to yeah, not want to be associated. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because people definitely no, 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 live no. in the neighborhood and they're like, I'm not going to be a part of that. Uh, including yeah. myself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. No, that's okay. No, hey, a lot of people are going to around and been like, you're going to hell. So, you know, here we are. We made a full circle. <laughs> yeah. I, that was really funny. Well, <laughs> so I appreciate you taking time to chat with us. Like, I guess, Say a student walks in mm -hmm. to your ministry or like coffee shop, whatever, like you meet with them yeah. and they are wrestling with questions about like what they know to be true about God from what they've experienced, what they've been told, like, which I think is at the heart of deconstruction, mm -hmm. right? Like, right. um, and they're in a space where it's like, it sounds like Columbia is pretty eclectic and it's yeah, theological makeup. Yeah. Like what would be your encouragement to that student? Like that, and maybe if it's helpful, if they know you, like what would you say to that person? Like mm -hmm. to encourage them to be like, hey, this is a long journey. Right. Um, but how would you keep them going? Cause I know for you, like deconstruction can be really lonely, be really isolating, yeah, can be really discouraging. Yeah. Yes. And so like, what would be your encouragement to that person? Cause I imagine you're having those conversations on a regular yeah. basis. I mean, I feel like I, I always start with the like affirmation that questions are valid and they're important, mm. right? And I think for some people, and for myself included, I mean, I'm a very anxious person. I think when I tended to be in my like more fundamentalist phase, it was because I wanted the security of answers and um, I wanted to know exactly what rules I needed to follow and what that looked like and what that added up to be. And so I feel like for a lot of people, um, knowing that we're allowed to ask questions is like all of the permission you need, right? Yeah. Um, because then when we have that freedom to explore, we don't feel quite as guilty of then like, well, I'm a terrible Christian, right? Because I'm asking these questions. So I think that like through that um, permission, it's really important. And then also, um, I don't know, kind of like, uh, for a lot of people, I think it's really helpful to kind of go back to the, the root of things of like, okay, well, uh, do you believe there 
you know, is a God, um, sit with that one. And then, you know, do you believe, who do you believe that God to be? Or who do you not believe that God to be? I think that sometimes it's more helpful to name first what we don't think God is. And then to like build from there. So um, I feel like those are a lot of the conversations I have is like, okay, well, what what is God not? Um, And then to like sort of rebuild a foundation from there. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking This is one more coin in the piggy bank of getting to know you better. So I appreciate this. <laughs> yeah, is fun write it down. Yeah. In lieu of our typical uh-huh. recommendation section, I want to ask you rapid fire your, some of your favorite places in Colombia. Oh, in Colombia? For no one else will care, but I care. Um, okay. Favorite coffee shop? Coffee shop. I really love Shortwave. They have a new location where Colby's okay. used to be. Shortwave is great. Amazing. Yeah. I was always a big fan of the grind. Yeah, which yeah, I know yeah. is kind of like the, the okay. aesthetics are strange, right. <laughs> no, 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 no. but I just loved it. Yeah. Oh, there's um, a new goat. Oh, shoot. Toasty What's goat? it called? Toasty goat is so cute. If you're looking for Adorable. aesthetic. Toasty goat. Um, favorite like restaurant. Okay. Syrian kitchen. It's like super new, kind of oh horrible. It's phenomenal. Best Mediterranean food I think I've literally ever had oh in my, my life. Oh my word. So yeah. So good. For breakfast, I was always in a main squeeze. Yeah. Like that's a classic. They've changed and now it's like a store. I hate that. Yeah, I hate it so back. much because I'm vegetarian and they were like one of the places that I feel like catered to. Like, this is all for me. Yeah. And no, no. Now they just sell like prepackaged things. I mean, they sell a lot of cool merch, but I'm like, I wanted your BLT. Right. Damn it. Okay, Sorry. final thing. Favorite bar. Favorite bar. Mmm. Okay, I have I feel like I'm someone who kind of sticks to, I love Logvote dearly, and I really like ITAP. I wasn't a college student in Columbia, so I feel like I missed out on all of the, like, college places. (laughs) Um, Maddie has, like, helped take me around a few places, but now I feel a little too old, and then I'm like, I'm going to run into my students here, and that's going to be weird. Here's where you're going to need to go. Social room's actually pretty cool. Honestly, social room is kind of become the the gay bar of Columbia, and I love it. Do you like, um, I've done stand-up several times there. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Uh, Do you like pickles? The pickle shots? Spicy pickle shots? Unreal. So good. Also, have you been to Eastside Tavern? Do they do karaoke sometimes? Yes. Yes. That's yes. the first place I Amazing. ever did stand-up comedy. Amazing. It's a very special place okay, to me. Cool. The vibes are strange. There's really old people oh, there. So, so like, you'll, so not that you're really old, but like, yeah. you won't feel young. <laughs> it's fine. It's um, fine. <laughs> yeah, you see what it's like being on a podcast with Emily. You just told your old friend. <laughs> My students call me Boomer all the time. I'm like, I'm technically Gen Z. I'm a cusper, I'm, but I'm, I'm Gen Z. Gen Z. So, yeah, thank you. All right. Yeah, well, that's all. That was what I just wanted. That was just for me. All right. Well, I appreciate being on. I just got the we're at 40 minutes mark from Dustin. So, we're going to take one more guest, but I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you guys. We'll have to have you and Maddie on, maybe do a virtual episode. Yeah, that would be cool. I would love to talk more about your guys' podcast because I do think it's super dope. Mm -hmm. When you guys stopped making episodes, it was a loss in my life of things I wanted to consume. Thank you. Yeah, it it was a loss too. So we're hoping. Mm -hmm. I will just say also, as a level of like brand, I loved your guys' branding and all that. I just (laughs) thought it was brand new. Yeah, thank you. um, That's one thing I'd like to pride myself in is my branding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I appreciate you. This guy off here, uh, switch uh-huh. mics with him. He's going to come on next. But thank All right. you very Yeah, thank us. you guys. This is yeah. fun. Nice yeah. to meet you. Yeah, so nice to meet Megan. No. Emily? <laughs> really close. I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> close. There was an M. Okay. Yeah. And an E. Um, you know, for an inclusive person, I've never felt more excluded than this Columbia conversation. I just really needed to know. <laughs> <laughs> what is, uh, like, if you were going to say the best bar to go to, to get the cheapest drinks on one and then the best drinks in Colombia. Like where's the best and where's the cheapest? Cheapest Eastside Tavern for yeah. sure. 
Um, typically, it's like $5 double wells. Dang. Which is pretty nice. Okay. Um, the best, I would say, so yes. There's a rooftop bar that I'm forgetting the name. It's like pizzazz, but it's definitely not that. Okay. Um, and the, I had like, it was like autumn and I had this like spiked, spiced cider and it was lovely. Okay. I dig it. But I don't remember what it's called, but it's the only one on the roof. So people okay. know. So we got a new human <laughs> between us. Uh, this is my buddy, Steven Steve. Mitchell. Steven, this is Emily Zell. Yeah. I didn't say my name. From the Wells. Emily Zell from the Wells. Um, rhymes. So we do a podcast. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called The Deconstruction Zone. You're on it. So, oh, and we talk life, faith, deconstruction. Steve and I had dinner last night at Dewey's. Uh, we were talking. Dewey slaps. Dewey slaps. I um, need to say one thing about Dewey's. Yeah. I my first time hosting at the Funny Bone, I opened for Kevin Farley, who's Chris Farley's brother, yeah. and he tried Dewey's pizza and became obsessed and like demanded it every night of a show. And I it's thought that was hilarious. Doing. Yeah. He was like Dewey's pizza and some very specific water, and I was like, this is interesting. Okay. Anyway. So last night we had dinner. We were talking about the Methodist Church, we, you and I were talking before, it's like, this is our conference, just had a bunch of disaffiliations, like 73 churches, wow. 75, yeah. and something like 16 churches closed, mm -hmm. something like that. So it's a big exodus, both of closures, which always happens with disaffiliations, creating a divide within the kind of conservative or progressive or moderate, whatever. But I just wonder, like, for you, because our state's diverse, you're in Nixa, which probably is like pretty diverse as far as like perspective of things, maybe. Um, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. Maybe not. Yeah. Well, so so then, are you more of a conservative area? Uh, yeah, yeah. I would say. Okay. Uh, and just the whole Springfield area okay. is a little bit more conservative. I mean, there's it's not just conservative. Yeah. Uh, but that would be predominantly what what the um, theology yeah. would be and politically. Yeah. And you are probably close, like I'm probably the crazy liberal, right? And you're the more moderate person, right? Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. yeah. So like what is radically liberal, radically liberal is probably what I would say. Radically inclusive. Yeah. Radically inclusive. Um, yeah. That's, that's what I meant. But your context, like it's more conservative, you're more moderate, but what is the conversation around deconstruction? Is there a conversation on deconstruction in Nixa, like in the Springfield area? Uh, I, in the Springfield area, I'm not sure, but for us, I mean, I think deconstruction is healthy. Um, because it has you take a look at what what's going on and why we do the things that we're doing and how we've yes. done them in the past and um, what's useful to pull from that, what's not so useful. I think part of our problem is when we um, do deconstruction and then we throw the baby out with the bathwater um, and we we try and get too uh, too much too much focus on how we can make things better or how we can change things and not necessarily really looking at what the long-term um, shift will be. And if it's truly advantageous or if it's something that's going to be hurtful or harmful yeah. um, in the future. So I, I don't know that, I mean, when we talk, I, I think we constantly are talking about deconstruction within the church context, because we're talking about um, how we've done it all, all this time. And, and some of that has been horribly wrong and hurtful. Um, and how do we change some of the language that we use? How do we um, speak to people in a way that lets them know that they're valued and, and important, um, regardless of, of their choices or who they are or what they've done? And so I think deconstruction is helpful in, uh, in all facets of life um, because it causes you to think. So. Yeah. I mean, to me, that sounds a lot like the spirit of the Reformation. And like Martin Luther yeah. said, reformed and always reforming. And I think sometimes we take the, or like, 
more reformed churches will say like, all right, after Martin Luther, now we nailed it. Yeah, we're reformed. And, and yeah, done. yeah, we're done. Reformed and done. All right, good. And so I like what you're saying is I think that yeah. I think the spirit of that and the spirit of like Protestantism would be to just like always continue to be analyzing, like self-analyzing and seeing, are we doing what's best, like point people to Christ? Well, I think, I mean, that's the whole, to be very churchy, that's the whole process of sanctification is that we're never satisfied with being where we are. We want to be more like Jesus in every aspect that we do. So how do we, like, if we're not just deconstruction on um, systems and things like that in the world, but like, where am I yeah. on this? And yeah. how can I, like, where are my biases or my, my hangups that are keeping me from being more like Jesus and caring for people more like Jesus? Where are those things getting in the way? And how can I truly um, kind of take those apart so that I can be, I can be the person that Jesus wants me to be instead of, you know, just broken Steve. So, yeah. well, and to me, sanctification would be you becoming the truest version of Steve. Right. Like, the one that Jesus Steve. knows. Yeah, glor glorify. I think I'm going to get a shirt that says that. That's going to be Steve. glorified Steve. I just really believe that. Yeah, that, yeah. Like, yeah that no, but I think that's true. Sanctification isn't letting go of yourself as much as it's becoming yourself. And I think that that shift is really important. Even when we think about like looking internally and looking personally yeah. is that me getting to know myself, I think not that I'm my, the perfect version, but like that is part of me getting to know the truest version of Emily yeah. and glorified yeah. Emily. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, while you say it's, it's hard, uh, you know, it's not letting go. Some, some of that is letting go of the brokenness that we carry, the, the things that we've done, that kind of stuff. But that's where we, I, you know, I don't, I'm speaking and we truly, that's where I struggle a lot is, you know, I, I want to give Jesus all of this stuff, but some of this stuff I'm still holding on to pretty dang tightly. And yeah. so how do I, how do I like, <laughs> like the, the dude talking to Jesus, I believe, help my unbelief. How, how do I let go of some of that so that I can um, be more of who Jesus wants yeah. me to be? So, so you said that your like main, like fear of maybe the deconstruction or people deconstructing to a point, maybe that's not the right word is the idea of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. So if you felt like you saw someone in your congregation that was deconstructing and they got to a point where you're like, that's not water anymore, that's baby, like what would you say? All right, I, I think we can take a look at the, I mean, you brought up the Reformation. Um, some of the things that were thrown out in the Reformation, I think really could have been beneficial for the kingdom. I, I think the idea- Yeah. Uh, uh, totally well, kidding. No. <laughs> Yes, because then I could pay for my building. Um, no. <laughs> Let's start Strike it. Strike that. Emily's uh, very pro indulgence. Started today at annual conference. Methodist uh, indulgences. Not okay. I did not say that. This will make Steve TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. Whoever's like the president uh, of the United Methodist Church is going to shut down this pod so fast. No, I'm trying to get the bishop on him. I sent him a personal message. Asked him to come and join he's gonna, us. He's going to say no. Um, Especially after this conversation. But when, like, uh, for example, um, going in, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm sorry. this is so good. Um, but going in and having confession, the idea uh -huh. of being able to confess openly um, and truthfully your sins, not so that you know what you need to do to get better, uh -huh. um, but so that you can do some of that. So, you know, we have some history of that. If I see somebody, and, and it happens all the time, like people get hung up on tradition over Jesus. Yeah. Like we've always done it this way, so we can't make any changes. And so then you'll have somebody that comes in and is like, oh no, we have to change everything because that's 
that's mm-hmm. not helpful. And so you, you got to be able to find a happy medium where you can recognize that things need to change. Yeah. They just don't have to change all in a moment uh, yeah. where we, we kind of all want them to change sure. immediately, but I don't think it, it, it I mean, in order to um, bring about the most transformation, not just transformation for one small group, but so that everybody makes that journey, you have to kind of find that happy medium and work with people um, to say, hey, maybe that's, yeah, yes, you're, you're on the right path, but we need to slow down, pump the brakes a little bit so that everybody else can catch up mm-hmm. and, and be informed and, and understand why we're doing some of that stuff. Now, some of it, now that's, that's easy to say within the church context. Absolutely. In a social context, it's a little bit more difficult. For sure. Because like when you talk about racism, no, we need to stop that. There's no pumping the brakes and we should all communicate a little <laughs> bit. And it's okay if you hate people a little bit. No, none of that's okay. We need to Take stop that. that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. We need to stop all of that. So how how do we yeah, do not take that clip? <laughs> Send it to the bishop. Context: Steve just got fired from the United Methodist Church. Anyway, um, trying to figure out a way to 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 you know understand which pieces need to move mm-hmm. in a slower pace and which ones need to yeah. hap- need to happen immediately is kind of that's that's the tricky part of deconstruction. I think in a in a church context of of you know because I we still are dealing with people that um, treat women as, you know, a lesser group of people. We still have people that um, struggle and, and struggle is the wrong term that are racist and, and don't like, to me, that's that kind of thing is my, it's like, why why are we still dealing with it? We should be past that. So how do we, how do we quickly deconstruct some things, but then. Yeah. It's like a tension between like pace and patience and some of that. So you Ooh. were going to say something. That, like, I you... just, I'm going to, I want to play devil's advocate for you for a second. Knock, knock, on, knock um, it out. Specifically in a church context. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to your confession, like yeah, yeah. idea. I went to Catholic school for two weeks. Two whole weeks? Yeah. And then I yeah. was like, you I'm not dealing out? with this okay. unreformed stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is not a joke at all. <laughs> These pagans, they're <laughs> yeah. freaking me out. I was like, <laughs> my, my theology teacher was like, well, some of us are still pretty mad about the Reformation. And I was like, well, I did the Reformation polka growing up, so <laughs> suck rough. it. Um, tax law bills, indulgences, and transubstantiation. Oh All right, come on. Okay. Um, but, did so we the just idea go into a musical? I think we did. It's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. Um, but what I was going to say is, like, with the idea of confession and that, like, in the Catholic belief, what I was taught for two weeks is that... Like, two whole weeks. <laughs> I know. Is that, like, you have to, like, the priest is kind of the mediary to, yeah. to God. And, and so that's my, problematic. It is problematic. And so what I think maybe the idea of taking the baby out, not taking the baby out with the bathwater is to say you can confess straight to God, but also confession and community is helpful. But what I'm wondering is I think sometimes throwing the baby out with the bathwater in instances like that is helpful in a sense to almost like reset your brain. Cause I think it'd be really hard to be like, let's take out this aspect, but you're still conditioned to think, one way so you almost I mean, need to take out confession at that's kind of the whole protestant movement right we had uh the lutheran church was formed and they went this far and then you had a group of people that were like well y'all didn't go far enough and so we're gonna Absolutely. go further and oh y'all didn't go far enough and now we have to rebaptize, and we have to do all of these things uh-huh. so for me the the idea of confession is this like there is very rarely is there a a place where you feel safe enough that you will go and you will say, 
This is all of the dark, dirty stuff mm -hmm. that I've done. And so you carry that around with you. Yeah. And you feel a little bit of guilt. And I think that uh, in the confessional sense, I got another confession to make. Of being able to tell somebody or being uh, expected to tell somebody, hey, these are the things that I've done. Now, I think the broken side of that is definitely, you know, we have a mediary and that's Jesus. We don't need a pastor to tell us or a priest right. to tell us what we should do so that we can get to a good place. We, we need somebody that will say, I hear what you've said. You're forgiven by God, not by me. Right. But you need to work on living differently and, you know, move, move past that. I think that I just love the idea of being able to have a safe space where people feel comfortable mm -hmm. saying, hey, this is some of the stuff that I've done and I need I need some help with that. Because I think that's what we're, we're lacking. So when I say throwing the bait, I don't think we did it wrong. Uh, okay. I truly don't. I just think that sometimes in in the moment, we're getting rid of stuff that could still be beneficial in a different way. At that time, it could not be beneficial. That's what I'm saying. Because in the Reformation, it was still problematic because it was too much like, you know, the, the expectation at that point in time was that if you go to confession, they're going to tell you what you need to do to receive absolution. Right. So you need to get. So you have to get past it. It's kind of like when you when you're doing a new church launch mm -hmm. in an old church building, you have to close that thing yep. so that all of the former beliefs and understandings can die so that then it can be resurrected into something new. So Absolutely. which is, hey, deconstruction. So there you go. Love yeah. it. Well, so I'm Stephen, good at this. I so you know you two wouldn't know this, but before we started recording, I was talking to Dustin, our producer, who you do know, Dustin. Uh, but I was talking, and he's like, "All right, so we need to keep this at thirty minutes. Uh, I think we're at an hour." There you uh, go. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this, but I do appreciate you coming on. Like Stephen and I uh, are one of my good friends for a lot of reasons. One of them would be like we're in a denomination right now that's dividing and friendships are breaking because people divide over issues. And one of the things Stephen and I don't agree on everything. Um, and there are things, things we don't disagree on. And I would say like, one of the things I appreciate is like, we've made a covenant, like we're going to be friends through disagreement. And like, we've seen friends eject friendships, like throw out people, throw the baby out in the bathwater relationship wise. Yeah. And that's one of the things I appreciate about you is I think Thanks, we, we feel, and I'm putting words in your mouth, I feel at least strongly we're better together. And I appreciate like your friendship in this. So I just figure you think I make you look better. You do. Yeah. Yeah. You do. I'm your ugly friend. It's <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, I'm your ugly friend. So, um, well, hey, well, it was super nice to meet you. Nice to yeah, chat it was with great hanging out yeah. with you. Thanks for letting me excited uh, to crash hang out your party. with glorified Steve one day. <laughs> You're doing it right now, sister. Right, <laughs> we're working uh, on it. Thanks, Steve. Um, all right, Emily. So I want to wind this down, just time wise. Yes. So, based on our conversation, like what what has been your take of Methodist lay and clergy people uh, in this conversation? Honestly, just even more like open-minded and thoughtful and like willing to engage in deconstruction than I expected. Not that I've had a bad experience in the UMC church, but I just like, I guess I kind of thought, I didn't know. I was like, maybe the well's like on the edge of like yeah. being cool and everyone else is like, And you're like, cool. they're always cool. We're not, we're not edgy at all. <laughs> right, right. And so, right. And so, and that was just, it just was really encouraging as we said at the beginning of this, like, this space feels very similar to a space I've been in previously and would not have these conversations. Yeah. And so 
honestly just like i have it's been very powerful to me to do this today i dig it. i've really enjoyed it well my guess is and anyone listening or watching you would know this because you've made it this far this is likely a two-part episode i uh, think it's based on how long it is but we appreciate you sticking i've enjoyed these conversations uh -huh. like steven reeves maddie and chris like i think yeah. having those conversations all people that occupy very unique spaces yes um, and we didn't even get into steven's personal story but like he, like Chris, has a lot of life before Jesus. Love uh, it. If you chat with him, like his story is really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. But that's what I appreciate. Like some people are lifelong Christians, lifelong Methodists, 150 year old churches, brand new churches, college town, city, rural. But I think it's like we're all wrestling with some level of this conversation. And I dig that. I dig that too. And so. I've loved that we've gotten to do this today. Yeah. Well, send us out, sister. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening and joining us at. MUMC annual conference and always remember to embrace the journey. It's actually MOAC. <laughs>